Welcome. Thanks, everyone, for being here tonight. Um, I'm Kyle DeCoyan. I'm the executive director of the Poetry Project, and I've been really excited uh, for this reading for some time. Yumna Shalala and Jennifer Firestone. Thank you both so much for being here. You can clap. Yeah. I'm going to give an introduction to this pairing because I think there are interesting crossings that happen between their work. Um, and then I'll introduce them individually. How is the mind like a film, and specifically today? Or what does film, the saturation of image reproduction, image as arbiter of authenticity, bear upon the interior formulation of truth, memory, shades of consequence, hypothesis, prediction, logic, the increasing appearance of screen in dream life? Or another question, how does representation in its manner of volume and circulation acquire its own terrain of reality? What we are looking at and what we remember function like two conspiratorial apertures to produce what lives in us individually, question mark, collectively, question mark, as conviction. Both Yumna Shalala and Jennifer Firestone in their most recent books, respectively The Paper Camera and Story, bring us into these questions obliquely and with frightening, beautiful complexity. The image becoming something like an offstage subtext, and the subtext, the verbal post-image residue, rising to the surface. Substantively, these are tremendous optical and narrative works. Shalala composing and recomposing the cartographies of war, migration, exile. Firestone building for us the noirish architecture of trauma through a chess of revelation and withholding. But formally, the focus in these works is on the lyric, the fracturing and return of dialogue, descriptors, the mind talking to itself as a means of verification, analysis, rememberment. We remember that language more endurably and nebulously is constitutive of reality, that all of it, vision, sense, terrain, experience, feeling, pass through sieves of speech we lose and cling to. And now it's my pleasure to introduce Yumna Shalala, who will read first this evening. We'll take a brief break, uh, and then I'll introduce Jennifer Firestone, who will close the night. Yumna Shalala is an artist and writer born in Beirut, based in New York. She's the author of the poetry collection, The Paper Camera. She's the recipient of a 2018 O. Henry Award, a Joseph Henry Jackson Award, and the founding editor of 1111, Journal of Literature and Art. Her writing appears in Baum, Guernica, Prairie Schooner, Bespoke, Asterisk, Cura, and MIT Journal for Middle Eastern Studies. She is exhibited at the Hayward Gallery, the Drawing Center, Art in General, Rotterdam International Film Festival, Dubai Art Projects, Hessel Museum of Art, and MAK Center for Art and Architecture. She participated in the 33rd Biennale de Sao Paulo, 2017 LIAF Biennial in Norway, and the 11th Performa Biennial. She is co-editing a new series for Coffeehouse Press entitled Spatial Species. She is a professor in humanities and media studies and writing at the Pratt Institute. Please join me in welcoming Yumna Shalala. Hello, can you see? <laughs> um, is this okay? It's so nice to see all of your beautiful faces. <laughs> Thank you for being here. When I thought of this reading, I thought it was going to be a dark, snowy night in January. <laughs> and I'm glad it's a tepid 
night in January. Um, thank you so much to the Poetry Center and the and the staff, I mean the center project, <laughs> the Poetry Project, um, and the staff of the Poetry Project who make everything possible, um, who make sitting here in this beautiful space possible, and who invite us to read together, um, not knowing um, that we have a deep love for one another, <laughs> um, and that serendipity is really um, what poetry is about. Um, so I'm so, um, yeah, I'm grateful that you're here. I'm going to start not um, with the paper camera, but with a new piece, because I try um, with each reading to be a little vulnerable <laughs> and, uh, and try stuff out. Um, this is new and not quite new. It's actually uh, part of an artwork um, that was called The Cut is a Gathering, which um, was first exhibited at the Hessel Museum uh, at Bard College. And what uh, the, the kind of intention behind the work, um, which were assemblages um, installed in a space that had a kind of cut through the wall that was actually a window into the outside, um, was about the relationship between uh, the local invasive species that um, exist in uh, upstate New York and the Norwegian witch trials, <laughs> which took place at the turn of the century. Um, the origin of the project was thinking about uh, the language of citizenship and the language of observation, uh, in both cases um, kind of implicating ourselves in our observation and our identification of who is alien and who is native, what is alien and what is native. So um, this piece comes from that work. And I've never read it out loud. Um, it's inscripted uh, on the back of the assemblages. Even the cut is a gathering. The rocks draw make marks appear onto each other like scratches, claws of time and ice. During times of panic, you will be asked to control the seas so they do not swallow you. A test you hope to fail. You can make stones talk. If only it were true, there's so much to know. What is a normative plant? We question the aliens. Stuck to your shoe, gum, or invasive species? What are the tasks of the species citizen? Observation? Tracing, tracking, birds, so many birds in the spring and fall on a hemispheric scale. Species identification is entrusted in the citizen, the good citizen, who finds clues, pulls it out, expels it, protects the natives. The bees are in fact immigrants. Bees breathe in the breeze. Breathe, bee, breathe. Winter bees are fed sugar and honey stirred slowly over a stove, granulated. Clip the old queen's wings. You can find scissors online, their shape unafraid of the sound. If the bees do not swarm, your neighbors will not be alarmed. She draws dismantled bees legs and antenna, hairy, crunchy, creepy. She watches. Is it quiet in a beehive, a camp? We were never friends before, now neighbors by circumstance. Who will draw us to make sure we are not forgotten? We ask the children to illustrate. They respond with distorted lines and primary colors. This will have to do. Pro-dispersal. Yes, 
Disperse plant, grow. Teach the use of the flower. Do this by bringing in all flowers possibles. Show that as the flower fades, the fruit becomes evident. She holds the wind inside a bag. That is her power. You are magic like excavated rhizomes growing after months without water and seeds germinating after being burnt in late summer. Transfer of power happens in togetherness. Come to tea, dance with me late into the night. If so, many of us collect these moments, then it is time for panic. You were accused of morphing into goats and cats. Shape-shifting is bewitching. We test our cities for their ability to mutate. What if our neighbors did too? Would you accuse them, marvel at their skill? You gained your power in a piece of bread and butter. Was it delicious, salty? Was the bread tough and aged? Sometimes it is in the fish. Always we eat and drink together. A bee is a social gathering. Which bee, a bee which, if particles are manifestation of some deeper process, like waves on the ocean, then scale is simply unfolding. If scale is not still, neither are our most minute molecules. Attention and empathy are intertwined. Entanglement is... Well, let's see what the declaration says. Non-human animals, including mammals and birds and many other creatures, including octopuses, also possess neurological substrates. The same. What is a stranger bird? 150 million sparrows and what a flight. Show the pupils, young grasshoppers, that look like the old ones, except the wings are shorter. The same is true of crickets. Denounce, accuse, name, point to the other. In the future, will we train octopus to tell species apart? Find the homes of engraver beetles under bark? For me, what's interesting uh, about this kind of juxtaposition or speculation um, is that these cycles repeat themselves not just in language, but in the way we find comfort um, in identification and naming and categorizing, um, and as if once we are able to, um, to find a way of being with each other, it has to be under the terms that we know. Um, and this book, um, The Paper Camera, is kind of, uh, its whole mission, <laughs> uh, in a way, is to undo the terms um, and to think about uh, not just terminology in terms of language, but the terminology of material. And so um, part of what I'm going to be clicking <laughs> um, are some of the images that are in the book. And these are stills um, from a Super 8 film. And the Super 8 film was meant to be a completely separate project. Um, and it found its way into this book um, in part because I wanted to slow down time and to materialize light, um, which is what Super 8 film can do. Um, it distorts, it slows down, uh, sometimes even uh, creates fire um, as it's being processed. Um, and so I, wanted, I was interested in what happens if I was just going to take a still uh, and give it the time it requires to be looked at. Um, so it's, uh, these images are kind of strewn through the book. And it's all um, mostly set in Beirut. 
the one last thing I will say, because <laughs> I'm not going to introduce uh, more of the book, just kind of read from it, um, is this book has shape-shifted in a number of ways, um, in particular given that uh, it is the 105th day um, that people are out on the streets in Lebanon protesting um, the government. And so it's a very different moment in which to read and understand the context of this book, not just globally, but really um, specifically in terms of what's happening right now and the way things are shape-shifting and changing every day. <coughs> it is the beginning and end of all things possible. Herds of helicopters move towards me, trampling clouds, arching wings. I am in a room, apartment, building, street, grid, taking form, comfort, in long sentences, gliding through afternoons when the wind picks up and wants, wants, wants to take you. A rescue, the revival of words. At the center of the sea, an island with remnants, offerings to Apollo. Soon, shores will open onto themselves, fabrics of fresh earth, tossed, drenched in salt water, airlifted. I'm wanting to be the statue that leads pirates to destiny, half of a wooden city, body, variations between letter and sound. Kha is released from the back of the throat, force and muscle, spit and saliva, tongue against teeth. The difference is a minute tongue-induced difference. When they ask where you come from, tell them, don't believe in origins. Authenticity died with colonialism. Find a worn Arabic phrase book, practice saying ghurba, a kind of home outside of language. Ghurba, gh, is a frictive sound. Even if your mouth is closed, you are a mouthpiece. You ate wildflower, yellow heads erratically pulled from between the war cobblestones, sang Bressan blindfolded near crates in a harbor, polluted, slippery. In my bag, a tape of Feirouz, rewound, stale almonds coated in pink sugar. I sneak smokes onto a French airline, wink at the captain, offer him a smoke, offer him a sweet from Trablos. He asks for a last name. I forgot. Fibers and ashes of bones are yellow like photographs, small tools to excavate ghosts. Recycling is an ancient sport. My grandmother washed plastic bags, hung them in the window to dry. She warns me, even without names, they'll know. The country is small. Long breaths of dried out rivers push against a city and a gushing sea. Beirut is absent. We swim, make dinner, roasted chicken and laps at the sporting club. My cousin writes a long email about the traffic. Someone calls the embassy and begs to hang on to the fanning helicopter moving towards Cyprus. It's still too hot in the summer. Cars rush up the mountain. In places like X, the sky is not a void. What is a strike? Swoop, blow, rain without shelter, wet, smelly, unsilent. I circle my accent, seeking my tail, clip a thousand articles about weather in Beirut like stubborn hairs, stack them in a box without a lid, hope that fire rescinds memory. Righteousness in simple acts of solitude. Camus capitalized suicide and we clerk and sort identity. You came back with a diamond necklace. Allah spelled out like stars. The refugee camp might miss it. Don't believe in collective memory. Found a pen that belonged to my childhood, a lake in the south, seven tones of blue, green, green, blue. 
there's a name for that, for the archaeologist who falls in love with the object, really falls in love. Like that woman who loved that piece of the Berlin Wall. Like me and you and this city, this flammable object between us. Mannerisms in language, slashes above A's, marks below long Y's. When reading Arabic, these are not printed, just understood. This is how you knew that you would leave before I did. I can sit down. <laughs> you can, it's okay. Um, <clears throat> Where are we in the legacy of crusaders? Make sense of it all in translation. First, we had to learn each other's languages. This was the longest, most loving trial. Then we undid our own. M plus M plus plus Matar, rain, Matar, airport, sound the same if mispronounced. What is the matter? Ma, fi, shi. Nothing there is. Mama, will they take pictures of my whole body? No, honey, just the heart. We hire each other for physical sensation, healing, excessive, we arrive in packs, descend further, there I find pieces of the apocalypse on sale, women who sing like their whole life is stuck inside their throat, the way it comes out calloused. I spent the morning erasing your smell, airline pesto crisp lingers, I clean, wear long pink gloves, you appear with thick masses. In summer, we would cook salt, throw tomatoes in, you told me, when added at the end of a stirring, you can still taste them. Now I put them in first. It's better if you don't even know they're there. On the occasion of heavy bombings, our mothers wished they could hire clowns, have seven-layer cakes delivered, we drew fairy tale creatures in the dark. It's like a thunderstorm, nothing to worry about. The walls did not absorb heat. In another country, up flights of carpeted stairs, we recognized the image. A unicorn. Your lover is away and we sleep too hot, still beneath heavy blankets with a flashlight. In the mornings during Nescafe, you ask me, if I remember, have you rarely had fresh milk? Yes, powder. And the cereal? Yes, cornflakes. Recollect everything. Comments about memory, lines, big gesturing hands. Puffy, he wheels himself in. We stood up, the surge I felt when he recognized me. Light has no other function than to emanate. Spaces like dismembered limbs outside branches are hanging by threads. Red, toppled, dirt, the salt, the earth. That night, a hunter moon. The almanac suggests fattening the deer on the beach. Years ago, a carcass. These are the ghosts, what they smell like. 10,000 emergency phone calls. In Chunking Express, the 10,000 incomprehensible streets went on forever. I look it up. If each neuron connects to 10,000 others, then there is no difference between inside and out. The body is revived. Underwater, the tunnels gasp for breath, like flickers, like gulps. In a constant state of intermission, the artist takes photos of her body as if she knows it will soon go. I have disappeared. Present is as infinite. There's always construction going on outside, earth digging and jackhammers to undo presence, myself as a timer. Beauty is back.
for choice. Language, energy, speed plus instantaneous equals no place. Where is the face-to-face, -face, the refracting surface, the cameraless photograph? <laughs> Thank you, Yumna. That was such a differently atmospheric, temporal experience of this work. Thank you. Thank you again, Yumna, for that amazing reading and presentation. Um, and now we're going to go into different waters with Jennifer Firestone's reading. Jennifer Firestone is the author of five books of poetry and four chapbooks, including Story, Ten, Gates and Fields, Swimming Pool, Flashes, Holiday, Waves, From Flashes and Snapshot, and Phanimally. She co-edited with Dana Teen Lomax, Letters to Poets, Conversations about Poetics, Politics, and Community, and is collaborating with Marcella Durand on a book entitled Other Influences about feminist avant-garde poetics. Firestone has work anthologized in Kindergarten, Avant-Garde Poems, Plays, Songs, and Stories for Children, and Building is a Process Light is an Element, Essays and Excursions for Myung-mi Kim, who we'll read later this month. She won the 2014 Marsh Hawk Press's Robert Creeley Memorial Prize. Firestone is an Associate Professor of Literary Studies at the New School's Eugene Lang College and is also the Director of their Academic Fellows Pedagogy Program. Please welcome Jennifer Firestone. Oh, that came out kind of quiet. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Um, thank you. Thank you, Kyle. And thank you, everyone at the Poetry Project, um, for making this such an amazing, vital space, continuing to make this such an amazing, vital space. I really, it's great. And Yumna, you were wonderful. And it was really just so great to read with you. I'm just really happy about that. Okay. So I, I thought I would start with something um, that I wrote this last summer and maybe a little light, lightish on the light side. Um, how many ways can I say that? <laughs> um, and it was actually, though, it came from just really having a horrible summer that some of you who know me you know stuff I was going through. So um, I'll read this poem. I think it's a little snarky. I don't know. So whatever. Okay. Photograph. I take a photograph of bleeding red berries in a porcelain bowl. The sun glints from the window of my breakfast nook. I eat those berries and fresh squeeze juice. That's another photograph. I take a photograph of my new nail polish ravishing as I clasp a glass. I am being photographed by an acquaintance as we place our heads together. She extends her long arm. We have black sunglasses and lip gloss. My sister sends photographs of her vacation, popsicles, bicycles, ocean. My other sister sends photographs of her hikes. I take a photograph of my house plant, perky and stretching in a gold square planter. I take a photograph of a new silky tank top on a plastic hanger. My kids take several photographs that I didn't see, but they were sent. I stop on the sidewalk and take a photograph of the vibrant begonias, but deleted them, seeing many others. I take a photograph of my avocado toast drizzled with olive oil and paprika. I take a photograph of my hands typing, of my right eye bulbous and wet. I slink around, take photographs of corners and trash. The old lady looks great in that apron skirt. I take a photograph. She pulls out a grin. The man on the subway, open shirt, sweat rivers and chest curls. I had to be discreet. 
I spend the afternoon looking at people's photographs I know only know by name. I spend the afternoon reorganizing books, poetry, theory, how-tos, and nobody was there to see what I did. My desk has a window where I can see multiple trees, and these trees are various birds. I like to think about how beautiful this is, this office, what I would call a scene. I take a photograph of steak with heirloom tomatoes padding its side. In a dressing room, I wrap a scarlet, a scarlet scarf around my neck and snarl. I take a photograph of a farmer's market, shiny eggplants and radishes. I take a photograph of a cat, a dog, a baby rabbit. I take a photograph of a group of teens in shorts. I accidentally take a round of photographs, a burst of the wood floor. I see the cardinal mail his glow. In the sun, shiny things wave wildly. The leaves twinkle, then still. I take a photograph of the art exhibit, but my image bounces on the glass. I take a photograph of my tan toes. I take a photographic walk of tree holes. When I lounge on the brushed orange couch, I look like a demure cat. When I raise my body tall, I'm an ancient kind of sculpture. With hands on my hips, I could look mean. The barista steams a heart on my coffee drink. Yesterday, he did a bear. The ivy on the fence follows paths of light. My friend is a mom, so she became a mom photographer. Everyone seems to be going to Europe. He would always take photographs of what was dead, ruining our albums. I photograph a blue-gray circular rug. I photograph a man through the slat of a fence. I photograph their ice cream and their glitter. I try to photograph her birthday brunch, but became aware of other diners. I arrange an old photograph of him, velour clothes, 80s hair on the vanity table. I call him my crush and point like it was a bright idea into the air. I photograph from the second floor, then run down to street level. I look at photographs of others, devastation, despair. I photograph my new mini fan, mint-colored vintage. I photograph my air plant in its ceramic bowl. I photograph my friend at her book launch. My other friend tells me to crane my neck upwards when I'm in photographs. My summer is hell. Lots of people are dying. Did you know I cry and am, am quiet inside myself for many hours? That didn't end so light. <laughs> I was like, why did I say that? Framing, wrong framing, okay. All right. So I'm going to read um, from Story, which is out from Ugly Duckling, and they did an amazing job with this book. I'm very grateful. A beach at midday in a foreign land, red as a good beginning. White light shoots across the horizon. The couple assumed their position as newly formed. Chairs dig into wet sand. They assumed an attractive glow acquired from a careful history, one page wavering, grainy, damp. Though the sirens screamed, we were not there yet. She lays a warm hand on the sand. The books rose up on their abdomens, shielding the sun's glare. Grainy pages stick, smear. The water's vastness invited their gaze. Colors bleed black-green to cold blue. The beach provided a restful template. His glasses are gold mirrors, the barman adjusted his blender, a low noise, sand clings. Conversation ensued about various plans as a man walked to the other side. The ring gleams, oil drops. A mercurial romance developed as they rightly examined the terms. I like to take a walk. Truly heaving the water was, remembering the heaviness, the sun ablaze. The desire to state the weather was perfect, was duly reflected. Spine sinks in, sand flies. The blaring vehicle, suddenly white, parked on the land, ankles hitting warm water. The lifeguard yelled, 
rocks or waves or waved excessively, green-blue slabs. The lifeguard placed dreamily in the sea a large chair and foam curdling a wave drains. The lifeguard murmured as milk waves repeatedly washed white under bright light. The lifeguard watched over, or so the story insinuated, gold glasses afloat. He was the temporary hero set on a watchful throne, running feet, birds, the water being drunk or splashing, feet weave, wobble. The sizzle was sun, or was it the camera's quick punch, kelp a foot touches? To say they clung fervently to their story isn't quite the truth adrift would sinking. Like a magnificent sea creature, he bounded with his tattered crown upon the shore. Wet leaf grips her skin. There was reason to concede that mythology was futile and circumstances beyond their control. He slips through currents. The white vehicle displaced as it presented later past a pivotal scene. His name, she screams with two drawn calls in thought chambers. A comparison, his neck stretched, a quiet turtle collapses, body smack shore. There is a sense that a scream was emitted at the scene, fluttering or rewritten, not a turtle, a wide-eyed fish shucked on land, smack, that this could be the beginning of a path to which one is destined to adhere, smack, flaps. The transparent evaluation of thought chambers syntactically structuring guilt, I'm sorry. The apology that teetered on renouncing claims to what was good, once good fortune, this wasn't meant to happen. Incensed to create a heroine dictating through delirium, smacks. She conjured her grandest gestures as star flowers fell. The toe is a petal, an ocean. To move from space that exhibits discomfort was a natural tendency. Sand shoots. The story frozen as a climatic sequence duly peaked. Sand glitters. Camera clapped a shot of characters otherwise known. His wet hand legs, cameras insistent sequencing of stories, tip to right, bright blue. Time was not tracked, finitely sequestered tires, scraping sand. The story reverted with nuance, protestations, legs, his wet hand. If beached adequately, restfulness will be achieved. An automobile is an ocean, immaculate definition of lounging. Rise, rise, rise. A beach at midday in a foreign land seemed like a good beginning. Under the waves whistle. The belief that bodies stretched across beach chairs, kelped locks entwine. Reverting to a filmic space, the characters adjusted, unraveled, grainy waves. She had shot a glance, then dropped her jaw, wriggle. The story shed its encumbered plot. Vertebrae collapsed, snapped. If he were the fallen one who slipped from a sun star, then what role would she seek? Tongue slackens, lulls. When the body wriggled like a fish on land, lines of logic dissipated, slim fish films. It was like this, she wondered, is this my narrative? Waves crack, pour. It was like he said, I love you, and she thought, he's dying, skin filming. When the automobile arrived, the change of action set. Towel snakes her feet. A denouement any writer would have coveted. You, you, you. His body was the climactic object disembodied in the sand, spinning dots flickering. His body was not his, as when he met it close to the beginning, through a glass the sun inhibits. His body alerted other bodies that trouble appeared and was rapidly approaching, squirm, a sentence. The story 
appropriately attentive at this moment. Her lip hand flies, the story appropriated the beach and paged the rapid sequence. My life is this. The story begged the question of whether myth from wedlock green shining. The story thought, should marriage be a principal factor in the impending plot? I'm sorry, I'm. The story thought again and said, too sanctimonious and reconsidered tragedy, line up thoughts, label the hours. The story made his body flip repeatedly. What, what is this? The automobile motor sustained, observing the gesticulating couple white metal. The driver was written to think Americans and gunned furiously. Metal breathes. How would you describe metal mixed with unrelenting sun and salt air? Cloud shifts waters. Oh, is this where you let whiteness do its work? You pulled like a postcard skidding across the water, but the postcard was an actual wave. Wave wince, blinks. I'm in this, and the dive won't pull. Rare pearls, a mouth owes, opals. You breathe ice, the throat can hold a chill barely before the, the page is turned, hiss. If we're going to be honest with each other, the story is quite unlike beads of sand. Bead, 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 bead. I will slip away now. Drops on the glass. Nighttime etched in quickly as the idea when darkened. All else calms, streams. Let's sit in this dark place, cold but cool. Pink shell tipping. To stay in this dark, cool place was not a sustaining option. Spray crab, spray, foreign. Glass wash characters, serenely beachy, like a screen, cracked, dare. Hand me that there. Permeated she in her most supple voice. This is back in time. Dare the glass that's near, there. The waves isolated, hovering in their mid-space, water runs, waves. If he was the weaker, not yet, dear, blue, weathering, and sunlight marched to the horizon, a walk. Let's take a walk. To my dear story, gristling in the wind, line the horizon, etching your way as sky. What's in store, a blink? Whisper, meander, miles, shuffle and scuttle, erode. The barman prepared several ornate tropical drinks repeatedly. Presumably, the ambulance crew patiently rattled protocol while lifting. Presumably, another tourist couple hopped into the back with humanitarian kindness. Presumably, the day was pitch perfect and the sea roamed mercifully. Presumably, there was a call to loved ones, a call to a doctor. Presumably, you thought this was your first call in marriage. Presumably, you thought many times, I'll write this. A low moan pitched to the deep side, shakes itself up, sand kicks up. A stranger's Reflection spoke to him in what appeared to be words, swerve of a footstep curving, writing this as one who was once there. Silence, sirens. The beach of evaluated in present mode was furthest from blank, down the back, a shock of ice. The story disturbed or aroused the myriad tracings. We can start from here, shift to the right. A doctor in a bungalow approached an inhabited room. A silver quarter hovers above a heart. The words transmuted from phone to phone, dissolving in foreign air, flight. If one deconstructs honeymoon, one is lifted through multiple zones. The sun's blinking in eye, its eye, dear. You were a stranger to yourself, 
but strangely more so to your story first and then second. She wanted instruction on how to proceed as water cut earth, reflections disembowel. Who were you with fear is what she thought, but unaware of at the time, action, motion. When words are disconnected from action, time is distilled in what might fill one's glass, oil. When words are a film scrolling wide over a large body of water, the body stills, hush, my love. Was the hotel room in the city with the dark wood? Was the mirror in the city of the beachside hotel? Was the mirror the mirror he spoke to as in a dream? Was the blanket etched with blue running lizards? Was it the shower or the bathing suit dripping? Was the chair occupied while he spoke to the mirror? Was the flowing skirt rung hanging on a portable wire? Was the phone placed on the pedestal table? And whom, whom would they call? A singular stab inks to the furthest edge. Cover you with blue and blue of blue. Dip, plunge, immerse, sting. The sand assembled and reaffixed discreetly, slides like a religion where pages fluttered rapidly, her fingers select one still card. If they stare widely enough, a puzzle reassembled, sand and sand, so what is the mountain? The film watched continuously, though the hand grasping was unaware, a long line raked obliterates. When you archive experience, it can maintain a time for a certain length. Maps, her towels, sands. The film began and they lifted their nodding heads. Do you want me? See. Did you take me as this? See. He saw a version of himself unburied from a large pool. Head contorts, freezes. His rationality sustained despite the weakening odds. Head lifts, forces breath. We like tragedy in our movies. We like tragedy in our books, weed. We like conflict, climax, climax, and then control, weed. When it happened directly, it felt obscene. A voice unsured fades, or not like us completely, but somewhat foreign, the fading boat wails. They say you see a person clearly in a time of distress, crystal clear, embering. They say you see their inner being pushed to the outer context, silver with shimmered lines. Did she behave according to your preconception of her position? Lock, locks in place stills. Did she emerge wet and coronated past the sorrows of her human face with grace murmurs? And oh, tremendous moans as she emerged from the depths of another passing, flits, snakes, ridden as familiar, but strangely new, curling. The structure of knowing how a story is built, stacking. They shook the film from their skins and tried to break through, lights a tremble. The film persisted as she watched herself perform, blink, sun, Many performances in the past lead the foundation for this future action, wrist, swivel. Seeing her acting was how she came to this world, wrist, swivels, steadies. The blinking eye might reveal vapidity or could be extreme fear and expectation, throat, flies. Echo a name perhaps echoed across the length of land you, desperate calling of a name depicted in many current and former productions, but I was there. A film is unlike a story, the story desired to be seen, a face falls, her face placid or stretched horizontally as a floating screen, white automobile, unreadable. He observed his consciousness concerned about her survival, one finger bare. Certain terms diagnose such thinking patterns, white automobile, 
tracks. The writer likes trauma. The audience likes trauma. The anchor that brings her to the steel bottom. The page is the arms wrapped hungrily toward each body. The brain withholds this knowledge just enough though a feeling lingers. The trauma opened up as a salty wound that spreads across her hands. The trauma opens its mouth valves and becomes a drum. The characters are heavy, logged with water, sand, and noise. The characters would like to drift, swim. Acknowledgement, the coupling was produced through this chosen form, weighted underground, lifting. A breach of contract to be unable to attend to dire circumstances, battling the flies, eyes closing. A frame can hold only so much figuration, fills grainy waves. The page was at stake when scenery renounced authority, the water drawn through. The camera stole it as soon as you said, exotic, in an image you were caught, even if you weren't thinking you performed it, postcard, curls. A drill of a whistle inside a wet drum, the story breathes cold under glass, a sentence pertains to poison. The beach splayed open, the beach crashed upon a mouth, the beach reached for them but slipped, the beach shells and sound, the beach the one syllable until, until soft, the story wants to know, if you're an artist because you're writing the words, salted crackers, tea, are you the writer writing the words so your art is surviving tea and salty crackers? If on the boat you ride, if on the boat you ride, one wave keeps rewinding, if a boat arrived, if a boat arrived with wet sand to hands and with a curve of a hand, the water was mountainous, papery, but that was really her telling it of many years later, paging. The perspective was skewed, so the audience turned toward the scenery, specked characters, the dialogue you quote, tension, arc, the shades of subtlety here and there. They are watching a boat as to immerse. So the backdrop, pulse paint, blue valise cracks strewn beach notes, a valise cracking, mouth spitting. The distraction of the frame placates the mind of the writer that writes. Where are you, dear story? Make your entrance known, coquettishly refraining from confessing all parts, the climactic shock. The cards sprawl and appear near for telling. When a story writes itself as one is living it, how complicit are you in its fiction? A cathartic tug to say, what's real and yet dissolving? Was the sea raging? And like clock hands, they moved, crowds foaming, their memory dreams advanced at least ten pages, sound of flip. The huge mountain was just one bird's ledge, gold bracelet, snake. She understood it was her falseness that nauseated, trickles the toes. She understood she wanted it captive, netted, the fish gleaming. She could feel selfishness originating as a stem rising. He had a barren body that windswept the land, slashing hips, wish. He held his camera in his own heart, blackens, clicks. He would have waved a cape or something, but there was nothing, sand and sand. Their voices were but an ocean drone, like a siren singing, the white vehicle entering the conversation more than the seizure gunned. She had the sense she played the part, rewind, feet hitting. What is selected, what is rejected, the remains would like to know, scrawling, that there were sugar packets ripped and piled, flies and birds sweetly, that he spoke to a stranger inside the mirror. What, what, what do you want? That there was a doctor in the city who bled his handsomeness. Do you ever think it might be postmarital nerves? 
that she detected this doctor felt guilt when he knew she was right. He drove around for an hour and couldn't find the place. That the phone conversation between her and the doctor could have been filmed. Bring him in right this minute. What's the truth but what we say? Squeeze, droplets bleed. The story likes to angle itself as fantasy to tragedy. Her wet hair whirls. The story is dominating with its ferocious scope. His body pulses, clicks. What she does remember as truth was the feel of an impenetrable screen. Run to the bar, a voice thrown. How could she convey that a newly loved one might be leaving? The glance was wild sea to sea. She saw a version of herself crouched in the back of the ambulance. The scent was faint like a word. When you're at the beach, you're watching a beautiful film. Can you hear the voices, dear? When you're at the beach, you fall in, collapse, dark, except for a square. When you're at the beach, your body burrows and flattens over there, dear, near the foam. The beach becomes a painting or postcard turquoise shifting to aqua marine, zoom to white blue. Fragments shift into one placid palette, squares of blue cohere. He wiped the sand from the camera and aimed gold glinting. The story chuckles as the beach was only the beginning behind his gold lens shade. The story questions, was his head cocked to the side as stated, bodies flip, flipped? Who is the other couple and the beach ambulance? The script, has someone lost the script? She would not have this. She wanted to get away from the beach, wedges of sand thick. She had them leave the beach, shifting to the next part, arms reaching sky, clasping. The beach stole the story, or the story stole the beach. Words marched a trail in front of the screen, looming shadow, in front of the ocean, salt sprays, in front of blue words, fall as they may. It doesn't really matter, as this is bound as fact, laces the spine tightly, not fact, per se, but a trajectory that is filed as such. Frame catches wave, catches frame. He did say he was sorry when he felt it rapidly hit. Is that a phone or hum? Solipsistic, one story, paging, panting, morning time, before beach time, they walk. What a bastard, this story spreading into the space before beach, a new couple shines. The story understands the couple can be moved freely advanced, his hat over one eye, a coin purse. There was a grave photo album with pictures of them smiling. There was the photo of the man who sold fish. There was the photo of her in a big hat, of the quaint bungalow, of fuchsia flowers, of beach people, of a shop, of a coconut, of the tide, of an animal, of a postcard. Thank you. Thank you so much. There was this wonderful terrifying effect when you were reading of a giant shadow behind you, but which that, that's like what that piece is, I felt, is this like menacing shadow. Um, that was so great, thank you so much. And thank you to Yumna Shalala also. Thank you both for your readings. Um, tomorrow at seven o'clock we have a different sort of event in here, Anonymous Manifesto which will be um, a series of group discussions and writing exercises around a different idea of what a manifesto could be for cultural action, something more circular and lateral and multiple. Um, and then Friday after that, we'll have um, an event that we're co-presenting with Wendy's Subway, Lineage. Um, that's a reading with Wo Chan. 
Kathy Lynn Che and Anne Carson, who are all connected to one another through different kinds of mentorship and teaching. Both of those are at seven, not our usual eight o'clock. Um, and then in February, we get back on the eight o'clock track. So thank you and good night. <laughs>